Hello and welcome, Lipstick League. Because it's not the Lipstick League. We're all part of the yes. Lipstick League. Yes. So if you're listening, you're the Lipstick League. Yes, you're part of the league. Yes. So let's play ball. <laughs> we need to get a whistle. I, we need like something. I can't whistle. <laughs> we'll get a whistle. You know what? I I, I always wanted to. You, do you know? The people who could do like the finger whistle. The, oh my god! Yes, I, like, I always wanted to do that. My dad used to like try and teach me when I was little. We worked on it for like years. I Never was got wonder, anywhere. I'm gonna get a little dirty for a second, but like guys that could do that, like, are they good with their mouths? I mean, <laughs> I assume so. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Nicole. What that mouth do? <laughs> <laughs> and that's Natalie. <laughs> All right, so there's a lot going on this week, and we're going to dive into a lot of it. Um, first, obviously, we have to talk about the Eagles lost again, but I felt like a little a little hopeful. I've, I was, I mean, I was definitely hopeful. Um, I, I'm glad to see Carson kind of just get into a groove with somebody. Yeah. And Travis Fulgham. Drag, Travis Fulgham. Who knew? I mean, who knew? I feel like he fell out of the sky and you know, it was so funny. And I think we talked, I don't know if we talked about this, but how I jokingly tweeted out that it was going to be Travis Fulgham's game. Did you before the game started? I tweeted it out. Not, not even the game against, um, not even the Steelers game. I tweeted it out. The week prior. No way. Yes. I said, I said, Travis, I said, this is going to be Travis Fulgham's game, like Fulgham game, because it was his first game that he was playing, just signed off the practice squad. And I think Dave Zangaro from NBC Sports Philadelphia tweeted out, you know, the career receptions for the Eagles wide receivers, and he had zero. So I was just joking, and I was like, it's going to be Travis Fulgham's game. And that was when he caught the um what was it like the 55 yard yeah. pass or whatever from Carson in you the end You literally zone. put you manifested I, it. So I manifested it and we have to talk about this at some point. There I'm pretty on point when I kind of do those things. It's really interesting. Wait, it's so weird that you said that because I had a really wild manifestation story this week. So I was talking to my friend Holly, who I was on The Biggest Loser with. In a case, if you're listening and you didn't know, I was on season four, The Biggest Loser. We have to talk about that. That needs to just be a whole show. Okay, done. I th- I agree. I think it needs to be a whole, it'll be a bonus episode. Okay. Because it's it's amazing to talk about it 13 years later and what we know now that we didn't know 13 years ago. Right. I could talk about my showmance. Oh no one my. really knows the whole story <gasps> about my showman's. I just got the chills. Yeah, because it was like kept. It was kept you on had the to DL. Keep it on the DL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god! And that's what people don't know happens in reality. Exactly. Oh that's a god. really good idea. So I was talking Juicy. to my friend Holly, and somehow we got on the subject of the show. And she and I have been friends since the show. And oh, because some random listener on XTU found season four on YouTube and was talking to me about it. And so when I was talking to Holly, I was like, oh, this guy was watching season four. And so she's like, what happened to B? Like, do you ever, so there was this guy B who was on the red team. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I, I he's not on the socials. Like I haven't talked to him in years. And do you under, so this was on a Tuesday night that we had this conversation on Wednesday morning, I'm getting in the shower and B texts me are you kidding he sends a group text that he's he does music and he sent a group text to like 20 people i start shaking i was freaking out so obviously i text him I'm like b i'm losing my mind this is so freaky like i haven't talked to you and and so like he and i caught up but like 
He's like, the universe knew? LOL. Like, men are just so like, whatever. That's crazy. I was like freaking out. You're like, I'm a psychic. No, you you just like called it into existence. And that's what you did for Travis. I did that for Travis Fogum. And now. So we got to get him. He needs to be a guest. Yeah. And now he's Carson Wentz's guy. Which, knock on wood. Knock on wood. I mean. So we're very hopeful at that. Now, the, obviously, the the two massive stories are what happened to Dak Prescott yes. and then the Lakers winning the NBA championship. Yes. So let's stick in lane with the NFC East and football. And we want to talk about what happened with Dak. First of all, for a lot of people over the country, maybe world, listen to the podcast. So I, we, we're very welcoming. Obviously, Natalie and I are big Philly fans. We're in Philly. But yeah. I have a very soft spot for Dak because we have the same birthday. Oh, my, well, how could you not? July 29th. Kind of like me and little Wayne. You guys have the same birthday? Yes, yeah, so we're both September 27th. Fascinating. And you're both very creative. Yeah. I So I and I love little Wayne. Birthdays aside. Yeah. But, yeah, but would you sleep with little Wayne? I always wondered who would have sex with him. I mean, I'm sure that there are women who are. Yeah, he has this beautiful girlfriend. Yeah. And I'm like, it's like Post Malone. Like, yeah. Ugh. Now yeah. he just shaved his head though, Post Malone, so that maybe, maybe like, maybe that would take me over the edge. But right. like when I see little Wayne, I'm like, who would want to have sex with him? So I actually <laughs> saw him in person once. Okay. Yeah. Where? In 2007, he was performing at Temple and he came and got a slice of pizza at the place that I was at. No way. Did you say anything? Yes. Um, I didn't really like realize that it was him because he had his hood up and he had his sunglasses on. And okay. he was just kind of like, uh, you know, like, right. like, you know, like just kind of going through the motions. Um. And then after I left, someone was like, that was Lil Wayne. And I was like, are you pulling my leg? And then they were like, no, I swear to God, Natalie. I mean, it might have not been him. It probably was him. But I, but he was performing at Temple that night and he was late. And I, but I've also seen him in concert too. He's amazing. I completely respect his brilliance. It's just that like from a, from a purely physical attractive standpoint and like the listen there's people that don't want to have sex with me either it's right. not you know what I mean like I get it I'm just saying that like it's interesting to me because he it's you know what it is maybe because I'm realizing I don't enjoy a face tattoo looks like a detention desk oh my god <laughs> well they're very in now yeah I'm not down with it it's the Catholic, he kind of, he was the like, Catholic school girl in me yeah <laughs> with the face tats I I just look at them and I just hear my mother in my head and where it's gonna be like you're gonna regret that later my mom be like Nicole yeah. Now, how are you gonna? Who, what? What's on his face? Yeah, and especially just because they are especially trendy right now. Yeah, and um, you what know, happens? It's like, and what happens? Oh, but speaking of, you know, my best friend's son is Maddox. Yes, the rapper. Yes, and she was saying this because he he kind of like started in that SoundCloud like trap rap world, right? Where all a lot's like that's kind of like their thing. They all have like the face tats, and right? Laurel was like. Telling, I'm, I'm going to call him Matthew. I'm exposing <laughs> secrets. Laurel was like, you know, I don't want you to get a face tap because, like, you, he's stunning. He's doing modeling now. Right. Yeah. I mean, he has If some God really cool blessed you up. with a beautiful face. Yeah. So she's like, look, your music is everything to you. And I know that that's what you want to do. She's like, but you're also, like, a, just a beautiful human. His bone structure, absolutely insane. So yeah. she was like, please. Please, as your mother, he's also only, he'll be 16 in December, but, um, you know, he's still young. Yeah. So she would technically have to like sign off. <laughs> yeah. Good. I'm glad Laurel says no. Yeah. But no, but she was just like, 
you, I, please just bear with me once you're 18. But she's like, the hope is by the time he's 18, the face tats will be out. And Good. She's yes. Like, I, and then Smart. he won't. Yeah. And then he won't want them anymore. So, Smart. but yeah, it's like totally a thing. So I can see that being like a deterrent from, you know, sleeping with little Wayne. Yeah. So anyway, so Natalie <laughs> has the same birthday as little Wayne. I have the same birthday as Dak Prescott. Yes. And. I just and he's obviously hot. Like I like to call him calorie free chocolate, which <laughs> in this episode we're gonna talk about sports for a second and then we're gonna do our snack break. Oh, we're gonna do our snack and, break. Um, okay. My OG my OG snack. We're gonna talk about that number one. Okay. I'll, and then I have to, who's my okay, I have my OG snack. Okay. And then we're gonna do it every episode and you're gonna tell us your snacks and like hopefully we can maybe have some of our snacks as a guest. Yes. So, so anyway, obviously Dak had a horrible, horrible injury and it's compound compound ankle fracture. And he's been through a lot this past year. And we talked a little bit about it. Yeah. About mental health. And so obviously his mom passed away a couple years ago. He Mm -hmm. was very close with his mother. His brother committed suicide earlier in the year. He and which we're really going to dive into right now is about athletes and contracts and players wanting to hold out and get guaranteed money. And what happened to him? He came out and did say that he was suffered with anxiety and depression. And there are people that gave him a hard time for that. And I actually respected him more yeah. for actually admitting that. And that and then he gets this horrible injury and his season's over and he did not get an extended contract from the Cowboys. So let's break it down from a sports per- sports perspective for a second. Yeah. So when you look at some players over the last, let's just say like two years, like the Rams extended Jared Goff, and then right. obviously the Eagles extended Carson Wentz, and obviously the Kansas City Chiefs gave literally a half of billion dollars yeah. to Patrick Mahomes. And so it's kind of what Zach Ertz is going through because – what they did with Kittle in San Francisco, who's mm-hmm. arguably the best tight end in in the league, is that they paid him out and Zach wants to get paid. And so what's happening is a lot of players are saying, like, we deserve guaranteed money. Yeah. It's insane to me from a sports standpoint about how NFL players are not guaranteed money. And it is the most dangerous yes like from a to z it's the most dangerous 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 uh sport yes uh, to be played i mean how uh, ice hockey ice hockey's brutal it has very like gladiator on ice yes um tendencies and like there have been skate oh i feel like that's a new disney movie gladiator on ice Yes. I was kind of thinking that too. Co- well, this is copyrighted right yeah, now, yes. Disney, if you're listening. <laughs> We're going to, we would like to star on it. <laughs> we would like to star on it, just an FYI. I'm not a terrible figure skater. No, me either. That. Really? No, we could totally be glad. Can you go backwards, nice. though? I can. You can? Yeah. Oh, you're more advanced. I mean, uh, it'll take me a minute. My okay. friend Amanda is an incredible figure skater. Like, so maybe she could, like, coach us. Yeah. Um, I went with my friend Karen, her niece, like, last winter and I hadn't gone ice skating in a while and she's like Jesus Christ Nicole was in your Nancy Kerrigan out there <laughs> and I was like I can't spin but like I can glide a little bit yeah so yeah. oh my god we'll have to- I can pick up some speed <gasps> Yeah, so we'll have to go. We'll, you know, we'll start the gladiator on ice um, trend. So, but no, I, I have a lot of feelings about the NFL. I could probably do like one hour of me just ranting into a microphone about the NFL just because. Well, first of all, watch Concussion. If you've never seen Concussion with Will Smith <sighs> and how the NFL literally tried to cover up CTE. Well, so Concussions, CTE, 
being like the first and foremost um just all across the board injury injury and you know severe impact that football has like on your on your body uh that's like first and foremost then again you know then i i want to say they're not secondary injuries because they're injuries and they're horrible like dax compound fracture was horrible but that's a casualty of the game, right? So it's like the inherent risk with CTE and then, you know, the ga- the combat combat injuries that you sustain right. when you're actually playing football. Um, so the NFL, I feel that, you know, and I, I hope that just the way that things have played out this year in society and the way that, you know, we're kind of looking at throwing things through a new lens, my hope is that the NFL – starts to really take stock in their players because there's a reason why it's called the not for long league right because your lifespan in the nfl generally on average is seven years which is crazy which is which think about it it's a small amount of time that's a very small amount of time and there's a potential that you're sacrificing your mind and your body so what is your quality of life if you just spend seven years and it has the ability to impact your mind and your body forever, forever for the rest of your life. And to go back a couple of years, even further, it's why Le'Veon Bell and obviously he was just released by the Jets, but it's why he sat out a whole year because he won a guarantee money. What running backs go through when you just, I mean, they literally talk about gladiators. You give them the ball to get plummeted plummeted yeah I, yeah and it's so you know i i in my work in sports radio um i've worked with a lot of football players over the years and i've seen firsthand and i've been told firsthand of the effects of the hits and yeah it's it's sad because some of these guys are people that i grew you know i grew up watching or you know i've worked with some in some capacity and, you know, for them to tell me, I can tell. And and I'm talking, like, these are men in, like, their 30s and 40s who are saying, like, I can tell that something's off with me oh, already. The eight, but just how it ages you. Like, yeah. you could, I mean, let's just take, talk about Donovan McNabb for a second. Like, he looks like he's in his 60s. Yeah. And he's only in his early 40s. Yeah. It ages you so significantly because, and you're going to get that other side. Well, they get paid millions of dollars. Well, it doesn't matter when you're talking about your health. We're in 2020. We have reached a point where we should have the one technology for the equipment and then two, have the mindset of doing what we can to protect these players. Well, to protect the players. And if you, if you really think about it and if you're a decent human being on any level, it should bother you in some way. Yes. That, I would kind of say it's talent exploitation. Wow, that's so deep and it's so true. Well, I say it's talent exploitation because when you treat, the NFL has the propensity to treat players like they're machines. Absolutely. And I don't think, I think the NFL is number one, but we're going to talk about LeBron and the Lakers in a second. But I will say that. I tweeted and posted on social media, like, please give LeBron the damn respect that he reserve, that he deserves. And, of course, had all these people coming at them. And this one guy who I went to elementary school with, and he's just the worst. But I refuse to delete him because I don't delete anybody. He was like, he got carried off the court. Give me a break. Players played with broken bones. And I'm like, <laughs> listen, Keith. <laughs> That's his name. 
First of all, you should, as a human being, you should want other human beings not to suffer, number number one. Number two, that you, who cares if they're being carried off the court if they're injured? Like, the, what they're putting their bodies through time and time again, it doesn't matter how much money they're worth. And it's just like, so the fact that somebody wants to say that somebody's weak because they got carried off the court to yeah. me is just asinine. Well, that, and you know what's always so funny to me is, and again, this year, with what we've seen and what we know now and kind of like this awakening that's happening is why should somebody sacrifice for you when it's for your entertainment? So true. And that's, and that's, that's what, you know, bothers me about it is there's a lack of respect when you're the one who's sitting your ass on the couch on Sunday and enjoying chips. Yeah. Eating your chips and it's just it it, bog, it boggles my mind. That's what he said. Well, what if Luke Bryan? What if you paid money to see Luke Bryan and he had to cancel because he was sick? Well, okay, that sucks, but he's sick. Yeah, he's. And I even said that in the post. I said he's a human being, not a robot. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, I think the NFL has a propensity to really treat their players um, poorly, and it's wild to me because you know you got you got these owners these. No, we're not even talking millions. We're talking billions of dollars. Like multi billionaires. Like multi billionaires have like more money than you could ever imagine. And it's it it actually it's something that like eats at me. And you know, yeah. the older I get and the more I like learn about the business of the NFL yes. and how it actually operates and the intricacies of it, uh it's it, it, it makes it doesn't make enjoying the sport harder because I love I love the raw football execution. Like that's what enticed me to the game in the first yes. place. And and being able to watch insane athletic talent is amazing. Is is it's it's why I also like American Ninja Warrior because I'm like I could never hang from my fingertips like that. <laughs> right? I did. I tried it once. You American did Ninja. Yeah. when they were here. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did it with Franklin the mascot, the Sixers. Oh mascot. my! And how did you do? I was awful, Franklin. <laughs> By the way, was amazing. Well, yeah, because he flips around and stuff. He made it so far. I I'm hit, like, like, I could get over the steps. I no, no, no I could. My first, um, the first obstacle, I had to like jump on. You know, there was like ping pong yeah. things. Oh, I hit one and went right into the water. <laughs> I was like, this. Well, first of all, it's actually really high up. Yeah. And I, so I got up there, and I was like, oh, like the height itself, and then it was cold water, and I was just like, you know, I'm not like really. So full disclosure, I'm not exactly like the most like outdoorsy, adventury kind of gal. Like, right. I mean, I'll do things, but like, I I don't mind like sitting and being like warm. Same. So I mean, I, I will go camping, <laughs> but I want to go camping with somebody who knows how to camp. That like we're in like it's you know not necessarily glamping, but just being taken care of in a sense. Yeah. Like so, I don't mind getting muddy every once in a while, but like it has to be like fun mud. Like I yes. did a mud run once, and there wasn't enough mud, and it was like weird mud. And I'm like, no, like let's. I you know, I really enjoy a foam party. I've been to like a oh, couple. I, of, see, I'm I'm game with foam. Yeah, foam's, like foam's fun. fine for me. Right. But like I, it was just such a crazy experience because I was like, it, it, like you know, you're just ready to fall into this freezing cold water. But anyway, but that I agree. Yeah. That's also why I love to do it too because the sheer athletic prowess of that these men and women have is fast. It's why I like to watch races. Anytime there's the Broad Street Run yeah. or there's the marathon, it's like you see people floating by, and I try to run a mile. I'm like, I hate this. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. It's- so I, to me, that that is. 
is very fascinating. And it's also, you know, it's interesting, too, because it's like you have these owners that are that are multi-billionaires and they are literally I mean, when you really think about it, they're, they play chess with these humans. I mean, they move them around. They trade them. I mean, that's ultimately what it is. Yes. And if you want to, like, go super deep from like a socioeconomic standpoint, it's like, yeah, these players are getting paid millions of dollars, but on average, the majority of them are coming from lower income families. Yeah. So they they were blessed with amazing athletic ability, but they're also doing it because they want a better life. They want to give the life that they didn't have. I mean, Tori Smith, who is amazing, who played for the Eagles, he played for the Ravens, and he talks a lot about, I would love to get him as a guest. Chanel is actually, his wife is from near Plymouth meeting. And he just talks about like how he had one pair of shoes and how he moved from like motel to motel. And, you know, and now what he's able to give to his kids and how he gives back to the community. It's like a lot of players put themselves through hell because they want a better life. Yeah. And, but the NFL also takes advantage of that. Well, they take advantage of it and you know, it's, it's, it's lost. It's, um, I think because of the way that the NFL has been able to monetize it and basically turn itself into its own. I I don't I don't even know how to explain it. Like the NFL is just this untouchable force that continues to operate without any sort of um, consequence. Yeah. For anything that they do. So true. Yeah. Like it like from, you know, domestic abuse to I mean, even the way that they handled you know, Colin Kaepernick in yeah. that situation, like they still got out of that because they know that they know that the consumer is going to come back. Right. A thousand percent. Yeah. So. And so what Jerry Jones did with Dak where he didn't extend him and Dak could have made him sign out. the franchise tag. Correct. Yeah. And explain what that is. So the franchise tag is when a team puts a designation on a player to become an unrestricted free agent, but it binds the player to the team for one year if certain conditions are met. Right. A lot of people think a franchise franchise tag is a good thing. Like, ooh, you're the franchise. But actually, it's a bad thing for the player. Well, not yeah. bad, but Dak should have been extended. I mean, what he's done for the Cowboys, granted, they haven't necessarily won to the capacity that they wanted to, but he's been a good player. And they basically screwed him. So now he's still playing under his rookie deal. Yeah. So essentially here, it's just to break it down a little bit more. It's the team will pay that player no less than the average of the top five salaries at the player's position. So for him, it's quarterback. Right. So or 120% of the player's previous salary, which is his rookie deal. Right. Whatever is greater. So his rookie deal, $2 million last season after earning 630000 in 2018 and five. 540,000 2017. It's peanuts. Yeah, compared to what the rest of it is. Um so if he plays for the franchise tag, he'll make over 30 million next season, but his contract will be only a one-year deal. Right. So let's go back to the 2016 2016 season of why guaranteed money matters and how he's not going to be the same for a while. I mean, he'll be fine. He'll get it's the fact that Alex Smith literally almost amputated his leg and he played for the Washington Redskins, but he's Alex Smith is not going to be a starter again. No. And so this is what we got to talk about. So obviously Dak was playing for the Dallas Cowboys. It's a really big deal. So we're going to go back to 2016 for a second. So Sam Bradford is the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz is the rookie. Carson Wentz was never supposed to start that season. Teddy Bridgewater was a starting quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. And in training camp, Teddy got a massive, massive leg injury where they almost had to amputate his leg. So he was done. 
that's what happened right before the season where they traded Sam Bradford to the Vikings and then they put Carson as the starter during his rookie season. Now, Teddy Bridgewater was out almost two full seasons. He ended up coming back as a backup. He came back as a backup. So he was the starting quarterback for the Vikings and ended up rehabbing and coming back under Drew Brees as the backup for the Saints. And he did really, really well. Luckily, and I mean luckily in air quotes, Drew Brees got that weird thumb injury, which obviously Jalen Rager has now. Yeah. And Teddy came in and really rallied the Saints. And so he did really well. And now Teddy Bridgewater is a starter for the Carolina Panthers. So it ended up working out. But like, that is what happens when you have a catastrophic injury. It, Alex Smith went from being the starter of the Redskins to now maybe be maybe being done after this year. Like, that is what you have to realize when it comes to injuries. Yeah, so so Dak will collect. He'll collect his $31.4 million franchise tag salary for 2020. So after that, and this is where it comes into play, like you're saying with these guys, since he's franchise tagged, they have two, they have two weeks late in late February, early March to sign him to a long-term deal or they can apply the tag again. So then he'll be entitled to 20% raise over his 2020 pay unreduced by his injury or any other factor. So he could get that if they place the franchise tag on him. However, $37.6 million a year, his cap number is more than 21% of the salary cap for the Cowboys. So it's, would they want to do that? Now, because he's asking for so much money, they there's a there's a possibility that they might not tag him. Right, and he could just go to another team next year. It's, so, yeah, if, if they use the tag, if a long-term deal can't be worked out before the deadline, he would become a free agent in March. And it's because of the injury now. Exactly. Like, that's going to depend on it. So the fact that this is why they demand the, the guaranteed money over the time. I know. That was a lot of information, but basically she summed it up perfectly that they asked the guaranteed money because there's a chance because of his injury, he will not be a Dallas Cowboy next season. Yes. Which is crazy. Or even, because and we don't even know how it's going to heal. Correct. So, and that's why, again, like we're saying, there needs to be some sort of, like, balance when you're watching these guys and have and kind of like a reshaping of perspective where it comes to like hey, players are human and yes it's 31 million dollars but to be fair that's the going rate when you play in the NFL yeah and that's because the owners and how much money the NFL makes i mean it it's it's relative right so yes. like yes to you $30 million is a lot, but when, when you're worth $100 billion, it's it's pennies. It's pennies. And not only that, but it's also just really important to think about the fact that so much of this really does come down to how much are you putting on the value of the player. And, and a lot of times they're not putting the value on the player. They're basically thinking of themselves. Well, yeah. And um, also Jerry Jones is probably like he, I hate his face. Right. And I find him to just evil. Yeah. And I feel like he's almost like just this snake, like character who just like snivels his way through like life and not caring about people and at all. Yeah. At all. So I'm really intrigued to see how he's going to handle the situation because if they didn't, if they didn't want to give Dak, that deal right then they wanted to tag him they're not going like, to do it then that's i think the point of this too is that they're they didn't do it when he was purely healthy they're sure as hell not going to do it now so at the end of the day dak is going to lose money and not to mention like 
so much of how I feel about this is like it's so fascinating to me how fans want to want to side with the Jerry Joneses, the owners of the world and the teams of the world and not the player and the human being. Yeah, it's it's you're being greedy and that's it's turn it's kind of it's morphed into like this weird um I'd see, say like kind of like and like when you idolize like they're idolizing the brand over actually the people who make the brand. Yeah. And that's what I have a tough time like resonating with because I even hear it, you know, on the airwaves about the Eagles. Absolutely. And, you know, just shut up and play and this, that and the other. And I'm like, mm, well, if you want a good player. Yeah. If you if you want your team to win, you got to have the players backs. Absolutely. And and you also have to kind of like hold the organization accountable when they don't have the players backs. Yeah, it makes me think of 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 Zach Ertz. Like Zach Ertz obviously is not the Zach Ertz this season, right? And the elephant in the room is that they have not given him the money. And will he be an Eagle next year? Are they going to trade him? Is it that he can't get open? Is it that that he and Carson aren't connecting? Or is it that there's a mental I'm big on the mental part of the game. And I think that there's something, there's something missing with Zach this year. And I think a lot of it has to do with like, he feels like the Eagles don't have his back. The Eagles don't have his back because Howie Roseman doesn't have anybody's back, but himself a thousand percent. He, he, the way that he has just, the way that he has deconstructed this team from the Super Bowl team to what it is now, it's the most selfish, reprehensible, disgusting display of, management that I've witnessed from this organization in years outside of the Chip Kelly era. And I, as an Eagles fan, I've been saying it's organizational malpractice. I want his ass fired. You heard it here first, people. I've been saying, I'm done because I'm done with Howie. I'm right, done gonna- with his mistakes. I'm done with his drafting. Get him out of here. We need to do a bonus episode on Howie and the draft. And <laughs> I want to talk a lot about, not a lot, but we could also talk about how like, even though Chip Kelly was a terrible GM, he was an amazing talent scout. And we're going to talk about the players that Chip scouted and brought in who still are on the team versus Howie. So we're going to talk about that. All right, we're going to take a quick snack break. Okay. Which leads us to the next conversation. So I think it's important because it is called the Lipstick League um, that we do a snack break. And we're not talking about actually like food. I'm talking about snacks. And my number one snack, my OG snack is JJ Reddick. Really? I'm obsessed Wait, with him. Did you love him at Duke? No, I hated him because he was like a dick, but now he's like <laughs> so hot and has an amazing podcast, and I need him to get him on a guest. And he literally makes my stomach hurt. Like, he's there's a video of him that I have saved from the Sixers where like he had his shirt off and he rang the bell and he has those like lines you know those like lines that yes. are on like the side of like your stomach and you're like ah, ah. yeah I'm obsessed with JJ Reddick he's like my number, he's your one, number snack. one snack yes oh my yes. god well I guess so like well I'm uh, so you I'm not I'm not gonna do athletes I'm gonna do my number one snack of all time okay is Bradley Cooper Wait, do you know that I was obsessed with Bradley Cooper? I did not. Wait, we never talked about it. No. All right. Well, here we go. We're gonna do we're gonna do another bonus episode on Bradley Cooper because I was beyond, beyond, beyond obsessed with Bradley Cooper. And so much so that like people would send me birthday cards with Bradley Cooper on. Oh, it. really? Yeah. And then I and then I I was very, very, very fortunate. I've interviewed him four times. You have? Yeah. 
Yeah. In person? Have you talked to him in person? Yes, in per- four times in how, person. How did you free like I and I, I don't like fangirl over people. Like I, I can I'm pretty composed, but like if I saw him, like I might my hands, I might be like, hi. So I will tell you this that when Van Halen passed away, Eddie Van Halen passed away, and everybody was like really upset about it. And I was like, God, I haven't really like liked somebody like that in a really long time. And I was like, the last time, and I've been very fortunate, I've met a lot of people. The last time that I fangirled was the first time I met Bradley Cooper. And yeah. it was that it was I interviewed him. It was at R2L in person. And we sat down. It was in 2012. And he was here for the hangover three. And I sat down and he goes, Wow, that's a really great haircut. And no, I was like, he didn't. Uh, no, I he mean, didn't. well, like, you have really nice hair too, Bradley. No, he didn't. I swear to God. And he's like, Oh yeah, I just gotta cut it. I was like, oh weird. I didn't like see read that anywhere. I would have like yeah. I would have just melted onto the floor. And you know, like how like in like the cartoons, like they're just like melt down and then just slide out. That yes. Been me. Yes. That I'm gonna have me. to find some pictures. So but we're gonna but I stopped loving Bradley as much because I feel like he turned his back on Philly. And so we can get so we're gonna do now that we because he's definitely like He's a snack, but, like, a, he's a bit of a retired snack. But I'll bring him back. I'll bring him out of retirement, See, and we're going to do a bonus episode on him, because I and then I got to show you some pictures. Perhaps perhaps he's my wine. He's just getting better for me. Oh, nice! Okay. <laughs> he might not be my snack. He's he's my wine. Um. See, look at this. When I got to host a screening with him, it's just the two of us. It looks like we're doing a duet. Oh, my God. I got to su- – that was when he was here for Silver Linings Playbook, and <gasps> I got to – yes – and I, he that was, was coming. when I like, oh my I God. I interviewed him at the link. I got to interview him at the link. And then that night he decided to stay and surprise people. He surprised them as a, you know how like you're oh, sitting. I, I did that. I did that with um the Creed 2 cast. Yes. Yeah. And I they come out. The Creed yeah. 2 scre- screening. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Everybody was there. It so, was so cool. And people were freaking out and I got too, to sit. Oh my God. So that's like one of my favorite, but I have other, me and me and Bradley, we go way back. One time I made a Christmas card. It said, Merry Christmas from the Coopers. No. <laughs> and it was all the pictures of me and him. I got to find it. Isn't he with um Jennifer Gardner now? No, he's not with anybody. Are you sure? I think he's gay. What? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll do a whole episode. Yeah. We're going to do an episode. Don't tear my heart out of <laughs> I'm my telling chest. You. All right. Listen. We, okay. We got to talk about LeBron. Obviously, the Lakers won the NBA championship. And I was excited. I think it's very obviously... Like, weird universe, God, magic, the fact that Kobe passed away and then the Lakers won. Um, They didn't even make the playoffs last year. So, to me, that was, like, beyond incredible. I like LeBron. I think he deserves respect. Um, I got in fights over it on social media because people want to hate him. I think people want to hate greatness. Um, What's your take? On LeBron? Or just in general, the Lakers winning and all that stuff. I'm... I'm... LeBron James is my favorite athlete of all time. Wow, of all time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he's the greatest athlete of all time. Uh, I have such a reverence and respect for his discipline and the way he carries himself and what he's done for the league and what he does with his time and for humanity and what he does for humanity. Yeah. So I I'm all about LeBron winning outside of the Sixers. Yes. Every championship until the end of time because I just want to see him succeed so badly. Just. I just, he's just, to me, the end-all be-all and what every athlete should aspire to be. Yeah, and the fact that when you look at where he came from, a single mom, she had him at 15, he was never, I mean, he He's went, just a kid from Akron. Yes, yeah. and like, 
he this is what's really fascinating to me about him is that like he understood the responsibility of what being LeBron James means yep. and he accepted it. Yep. A lot of people fight that. Justin Timberlake's another example. And I have my there's some things that annoy me about him, but he did an interview once and he went from childhood star, because obviously he was on the Mickey Mouse Club to to and, massive A lister. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Yes. Um, and somebody asked him, like, how did you never had a, a moment? Right. He never had a breakdown. He never was in rehab. And he said, my mom constantly said to me, you were given these gifts and only a small percentage of people get these gifts. You get to do a lot of things. But that means that there are sometimes you can't do other things. Yeah. That you're not going to be able to do some things that your friends are doing. But you have to accept that. And LeBron understood what being LeBron James meant. Yeah. And I just feel like no one gives him enough credit for that. No, they don't. And, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with the whole, like, Michael Jordan totally. greatness debate that might go on until the end of time until he wins. Until he wins two more. And then, and then that'll... Until he plays with his son on the same team. Yes, that, that, that'll probably <laughs> yeah. end that conversation. But, no, um, I'm I'm so happy about LeBron. Uh, and you know what I find fascinating, kind of tying back to the D- Dak Prescott things, where we're like, you know, players are humans, um, is there was an article that the LA Times posted, and it was talking about how the players really struggled in the bubble. And yeah. LeBron said that it was probably discipline-wise the, one of the most challenging things that he's ever done. Wow. And, I mean, isolation for 100 days. A right. lot of them were, you know, were away from their families and their yeah. friends. And, you know, you're kind of living this very limited life yeah. for the game of basketball. And hopefully, hopefully it won't come to that in 2021. Um, because, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the pandemic yeah. or if that's going to happen. And it worked. You know, nobody got COVID-19. They were able to keep the league going. They were able to, like, have it from start to finish. It was amazing the fact that they did such an incredible job that no one tested positive, that they were able just to have amazing games. And even from a television point of view, the way that it made it feel like you were actually watching a regular game. And, you know, again, I always like the devil's advocate side of it is like, oh, well, they get paid millions of dollars. But millions of dollars, they were blessed with a gift. So whether you yeah. believe in God or whoever you believe in, you're blessed with gifts. And whether if the if your gift is that you're an amazing, incredible athlete, that doesn't mean that you should be punished. And just because you're making millions of dollars, it's because you have this gift. But, like, you should be able to have a nice life. And and a lot of these players give back. Yeah, a, t- a ton of them give back. They give back, you know, and, and start foundations and really just, like, pour their hearts and souls into, like, so many causes um, that are special to them and, and really, like, do try and make an impact on whatever it is that they can make an impact on like it's 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 not just isolated to like foot you know doing football camps like some of these people like really just it's in the united states and then they also take their missions overseas yes. like somebody like carson wentz who like is building in haiti you yes. know he's or building a football stadium. yeah is doing the water boys in africa and you know and i also think i, I want to give props to jimmy butler because something that we talk about a lot is having that thing right and like lebron has that thing like kobe had that thing tom brady has that thing jimmy butler has that thing it's that thing inside of you that you just want to win yeah that you have that will there's something about you that you're like i i you know the fact that lebron gives his body and what he did in that bubble and to to will that will and even what jimmy butler did with all basically rookies yep yep i mean he carried 
they they have that it's like they they're they've been in the game they've made the money and they still want to win it's like tom brady's screaming on the sidelines whether you love him or hate him he still after all this time gets so pissed because yeah. he wants to win and there's something about that that i respect and lebron still wants to win yeah and, and that, i just and that's how he said he actually was able to kind of maintain his sanity in the bubble was because yeah he said you know a lot of the players were saying it was cool when they all first got there because you were seeing like all these other guys but as teams got eliminated you know the fur the longer yeah. you're living in this isolated place in disney world yeah um he said that you know if he you know he kept his eye on the prize and that's what kept him going and right it's kind of like if he's saying that he was struggling and you got to think about how mentally tough lebron james is to like it's incredible just in a regular season and then you go to this season and the being that they were dealing with so many outside factors and a lot of mental issues when it comes to being in the bubble and he's like, no, he's like, even though I'm, I am dealing with this, like everybody else, my eye is still on the prize. His eye was on the prize so much that he won it all again. Again. He, I mean, again, like that thing, I just, I'm obsessed with people who just want it so bad. It's like, they just, they have that, 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 that thing. And so congratulations to Lakers. I was never a Lakers fan, um, but I just, I respect, I respect him for wanting to win so bad. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. So now this is the point of the show where we would like to have a song, but we have to sing it. So you can get with this or you, you can, can get, get with that. that. You, you can, can get, get with Nick, Nick and, and you can, can get, get with that. <laughs> <laughs> so where we talk about fa- um, our favorite things that happened in the week. And I just think there's only one thing that we both have to talk about is that Natalie now has bangs. Oh, my God. Yes. yes. So we're actually. <laughs> we both have bangs. bangs. We both have bangs. Um, I didn't even tell you I was getting bangs, did you I? You didn't. Did you? Were you talking about this for a while? No, actually. So whenever I kind of make a hair change, I don't tell people because smart. Okay. Because I don't want I don't want opinions. I love that because yeah. once I see something and I'm like, okay, I kind of want to do this, I just go and do it, and then I let people tell me after the fact, um, which might not be a good thing, but whatever. So it's your hair. Do you? So actually, my my stylist, this amazing woman, her name's Lisa Lee. She owns their their salon. It's in Port Richmond. Okay brand new salon uh that she recently opened and um in may i was kind of do i want bangs or is it 2020 do you know what i mean i'm like do i want bangs or is this a result of like me just being in quarantine for two months exactly it was so funny though because there was like memes because i ended up having to cut my own bangs in quarantine yeah and i've had bangs for like eight years i guess at this point and um and they were like, whatever you do, do not cut your bangs. And I was like, no, no, like I have to. And my stylist was like, don't do it. And I'm like, listen, Su- I go to Susan Salon Vanity. Shout out to Susan. She she gets the bangs. And um, but I ended up like buying salon scissors and like yeah. literally like going on YouTube and like I don't do it now because luckily the salons are open. I actually have to get a bang term soon because I can I, as soon as they hit the I can't see ya anymore. Yeah. Um, but I was very excited. I was like, oh my god, I like bang twins. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, so I. So, said to her in May I was like I kind of want bangs and she's like now is not the time she's like because it's gonna be like hot soon she's yeah. like and she's just like now's not the time she's like but what I'm picturing for you is this like curtain bang like Brigitte Bardot look I love it and so when I went to her you know it's October now I said I think I'm ready to do it yeah she's like yes and also like so that the fringe bang like the curtain bang fringe haircut is in right now because I unveiled mine on Friday, yeah. and then J Lo unveiled hers 
Wait. yesterday. Oh, she has a bang too? Um, As of yesterday, J-Lo has pretty much the exact same haircut. No. Yes. How did I not know this? I got to look it up. I mean, talk about her reinventing. Like, she's... Um, oh, wow. Look at that. Sure enough. Similar bang. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. I yeah. love it. I'm obsessed with my bangs. I will say it is annoying at times when it does get hot or like when you're working out. But my quick bang story is that I had the swoop. I banged when I was little, obviously. And I did a, when I was at the old radio station, I actually did a press junket for the show called How Do I Look? And it was when Jeannie Mai, who's currently on Dancing with the oh Stars, God, yeah. she hosted it. And so they were, quote unquote, giving us makeovers. And so originally they were like, no, like you have great hair. We don't want to do anything. And I was like, uh, okay. And then out of like something, out of a Hollywood novel, this guy comes swooping in. He's like, actually, darling, I think we should do this. <laughs> and held up a picture of Jordana Brewster. And she had like the dark hair and the bangs. And I was like, do it. And he was like, are you sure, darling? This is a dramatic change. I'm like, do it. And they did it. It was like completely transformed my look. I always say my bangs are my best accessory. And I'm obsessed with them. And Susan keeps them maintained. Because like the, the secret of a bang is like they have to be wispy, but they can't be too light. Like... You have to have a good stylist because yeah. I was going to this when I came back from L.A. I was going to this one stylist and she was so sweet. But like she if you see old pictures of me a couple years ago, like they were just it was too much bang. And then I found <laughs> Susan. It was like, whoa, yeah. you know, it was like I'm getting banged, but not in the way that I want. Right, you know, right, right. <laughs> and then Susan was like, oh, and I, know, I know exactly what we need to do. And she like thinned them out and made them what they were supposed to be. And even like. I usually get them cut every like month or six weeks. Yeah, um, that's what. So Lisa yeah. said I have to come back like every three to four weeks to get them trimmed. Yeah, but I I'm really happy with my decision. Yeah, it looks so good. I know. It's, it's, Is it's there like anything else that happened this week that you want to talk about? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, the, I think the bang store was pretty this, big. Yeah, I, the bangs was like the biggest story of the week. Yeah, I agree. Yes. Thank you so much. It's the Lipstick League. You're the best. You are part of the league. You're what makes it. We love you. So much. Um, follow us on the social. So mine is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Nicole is Nick. N-I-C-O-L-E is N-I-K. And I'm Natalie Eganoff. N-A-T-A-L-I-E-E-G-E-N-O-L-F. And the Lipstick League is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well. The Lipstick League. Mwah! Mwah!